Welcome to Casual Quest Masters, a casual master quest podcast. In this podcast, we'll follow the adventures of a group of characters who simply want to find their way in the world, but a more sinister plot is revolving around them. How will they fare? Let's find out today on Casual Master Quest. All right, welcome to Casual Quest Masters, everyone, a product of Casual Master Quest. I am your Dungeon Master, Colin Houston, and I'm so happy to be here with you all. Uh, if everyone would like to go around and introduce yourselves just to make sure that our audience knows who's here, and uh, we'll save character introductions for later, but just so everyone knows who's here. You can go first. <laughs> Mr. Oh. Excited. <laughs> Look, he—he's the host. He has—I want him to pick. He, you know, he decides how things go. I—I I give him Turn full off, control. Tyler. All right, me first. Uh, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> hi everybody. Tyler Vitito here, and I will be playing Roger, the uh, changeling sorcerer, divine soul. Oh, do I? Is this no, where I, I hand? No, do I hand the no, talking I, stick? I have a narrative like introduction for once we kind of get in. You'll kind of describe yeah. your character a little more in depth, but now they know. Oh, I didn't want to describe Roger. anymore. I was just wondering who was next. See, in my oh, head, yeah. I saw it as Tyler, the Nick, then me, just because of seniority purposes. Oh, okay then. Um, hi, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm Nick. Uh, I'm new around here. Um, nice to nice to meet you all. Uh, I go by LR11 on the inter interwebs. Um, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Who are you going to be playing? <laughs> I'm, I'm the most excited. I'm going to be playing a Goliath Ranger. Uh, his name is Vol Nightwalker Val Nugoni. Right. Freaking dope. <laughs> Nick's putting thought into this. All right. Yeah. Uh, cool. Nick uh, created his own character name, and I picked a character name off of uh, American Dad. Uh, My turn? I'm Brandon. No, it's yes. Glenn's turn. Go for it, Brandon. I'm Brandon. I'm playing a dwarf. That's why I'm so short here. Uh, his name is Magdor Bandiron. He is a forge cleric of the Bandiron clan, uh, exiled. Uh, can you give me the sizes? Huh? Uh, height, width, bust? Oh, oh well, let's do that later. Cause I'll oh, let I just you guys... wanted to know what uh, the dwarf's uh, bra size was, but I guess that was kind of perverted <laughs> to me. I'm sorry. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, but to start off, I want to give everyone a quick description of the city, both for you guys and our audience, so we can kind of get in the mindset of where you're at. Um, yes. I'm going to make a note that I need to pause oh, I, here. I imagine a hardcore. It's a city <laughs> uh, it's, made out of gold. It's a hard pause. Um, it's something I forgot to ask you guys about earlier. Uh, I know that Nick and Tyler, your characters, know each other. Yes. Yes. And have worked together, like kind of doing, you know, you know, caravan protection and stuff like that. For quite a while, yeah. No, working together is such <clears throat> a loose term here. But Very yes, you term. could say yeah. that my character uh, is in cahoots with the bull. Is it fair to say that Magdor may have worked with you as well? Oh, I was going to say I'm scouring the blacksmiths. I came into town looking for blacksmithing. Maybe, uh, maybe at a point ores. closer towards where the campaign might start yeah like yeah. like maybe you came to town looking at the blacksmiths like but you needed to find 
work to get money. Yeah, I think, and I think they that'd be been offering fair that. because yeah. me, my character and Tyler's character have an extended history. Yeah, I just want to make sure that Magdor isn't, you know, completely in the dark as far as that goes. And you guys already know each other really well in real life, so that'll translate well as characters. So, cool, Magdor? Sure. If Working Vol with him to make money, to make yourself a better arm? Doesn't mean I like him. <laughs> if Vol and Roger's history was on the internet, I would be deleting even the cookies at this point. I think you would describe the relationship I have with him. Awesome. <laughs> so, I'm going to start in here real quick. Uh, and this will give you guys a little bit of an idea of what you're, you know, starting here with me um, and what that setting looks like. Um, so we're going to be starting our adventure here in Ooh, the, the city music. of Neverwinter, the jewel of the north on the sword coast in the continent of Faerun. We begin our journey at the Beach Leviathan, a tavern built from the husk of a large three-masted ship that once sailed the seas on the Sword Coast. Within the ship, our party is sitting enjoying drinks and food of choice among the regular crowd of adventurers, off-duty guards, and everyday town folk in the Blackwater District. Um, and now for a brief history. So that's our setting. That's where you're at. Imagine sitting inside of like, the lower decks are the main hold. Um, is where this kind of tavern opens up because it's completely, this beach leviathan is completely up off the ground or up out of the water. It's not in the water at all. It's not like those cool, like, you know, shit. Like on a dry deck. Oh, no. It's just up on the ground and they have like stilts around the edge of it up on a oh. hill. And so, okay, like, so the door like is actually built. And they just built the tavern there. Yeah. And the, the former captain is actually the tavern owner. And, wow. And, <laughs> Way to keep afloat with the business, am I right? Right. And so he just built a door on the side of it, basically. And so the lower holds where they would have kept all their cargo is now the, the, the main bar. And further, like, the second floor holds, like, uh, uh, rooms and such. And then the top floor is kind of an area which uh, where the captain's quarters are. So he lives up there. But, like, you can actually pay a little more to go, like, dine under the stars, basically. It's like the... It's like the VIP section. Nice, uh, nice. So it's like a casual a quick... fine dining establishment. Yeah. And what, yeah. What's the name of the establishment? The Beached Leviathan. The Beached Leviathan. Now, mm -hmm. how big would you say the ship is uh, compared um, to your average galleon? It's it's a galleon. It, it was a galleon. Three-masted, you know, had a nice big aft and forecastle um, with uh, two floors below that. So there would have been your your... your crew quarters and some debt storage and then the lower decks would have been where they kept the majority of their storage when they would have been um would, actually would you say shipping this things. Ship is seaworthy if it were no. to go back into the water? Nah, it's I guess the, the giant water. door on the, the side would probably the side. Yeah. It used to just have stilts around it. Now he's like built a foundation around it. Like it's it's got a door built on the side. Like I mean it would take a lot of work, but it could sail feasibly, okay. maybe with several thousand gold worth of work cool i was wondering how i, I can already see the get sailing. the cogs turn in there <laughs> all right let me see <laughs> so i'm gonna give you guys and, a quick um uh, unless you have any other questions i was just gonna ask uh do we know who the captain is yet or the uh, uh the, the owner the bar yeah i'm gonna say the owner of the establishment uh, if we don't that that's up. fine because it does not take more than a quick search on the internet because I have, uh, it is, a, oh wow, that's kind of fun. I'm actually going to send you guys uh, an image cool. um, through I, this so you can see. 
uh, and we can actually, if we want to post that on Twitter or something, so they understand kind of what we're going to, that would be really cool. Uh, I know, I wouldn't worry about it. We'll make it like a, either way, big ship up off uh, the sea. I'll put, I'll send it to you guys later. Um, it's uh, owned by a uh, the former the captain. His name is Harag. Harag, uh, how do you spell so that? A H A R R A G. Two um, R's. So the so areas of the I... tavern. The first floor is the hold. Second floor is the quarters, and the third is the deck. May I uh, recount what uh, I've heard so far? Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say Absolutely. you can tell me no. Yeah. No. No inspiration yo, for is, you. I just. Uh, I just. Describe what happens. You guys tell me what you want to do. Uh, I do want so, to give you guys a description of Neverwinter in a brief history so you have an idea of where you live. You know what? I'm going to do the part where I tell myself to shut up. That way the narrator can do his job. So I'm going to do that. <laughs> shut up, Tyler. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Uh, Neverwinter is called the Jewel of the North for a reason. It's the center of trade and art in the north northern portion of the Sword Coast. Artists, merchants, and adventurers flock here for its ripe need of them. The leader of Neverwinter, Lord Dagult Never Ember, was recently ousted as the Open Lord of Waterdeep, the most prestigious position on this side of Faerun, and is now only Neverwinter to focus his attention on. The town is named as such for its constantly flowing warm river that runs through the center of town, which allows its port to stay open year-round despite cold, frigid waters in winter allowing its trade to do business with more ease than all of its other coastal sister cities. The water uh, is warmed by geothermal energy coming from an active volcano to the northeast called Mount Potenau. The city itself is divided into several areas of note. Protectors Enclave at its center, where merchants and politicians do work, and like Neverember and his associates in the Order of the Gauntlet. Some of the more prominent like religious groups have nice temples there. Um, the Black Lake District, which is where the docks are, the Beach Leviathan is there. It's kind of the seedier side of town. Um, but, and then uh, you have the Docks District, which is where most of the docks are. Some of the docks are in the Black Lake District. And then you have Neverdeath Graveyard, which is a giant graveyard where after a thing called the Cataclysm happened. Uh, Never or, no, not the Cataclysm. Graveyard. It sounds like business would be terrible there. Uh, it wasn't for a while uh, because. <laughs> There's a place called the Chasm, which was recently rebuilt by Neverember himself. And then there's the Rivers District, also known as the Towers District, which is actually a little seedier than Black Lake, but the only place that's really safe to wander around at night is Protected Enclave. Um, now, I'm sure I will tell you what. Fine. Yeah, no, the cemetery's not that bad. No, it's not terrible. Okay. But the Chasm itself happened when Mount Hope now erupted about 28 years ago. Um, so when it erupted, Simultaneously with eruption, there was a chasm that opened up inside of the city, um, and it destroyed about a quarter of the city when the chasm and hole opened up, opening up this like hole in the ground that like released these odd aberrant creatures. And only within the last, I think, five to ten years, when Never Ember was able to focus his attention more on the city, was it able to be closed up and now is finally starting to be rebuilt. Um, but as that's basically Neverwinter, and as you know, as this bunch of memories flies into your head, we find you sitting in the lower deck in the hold of the Beach Leviathan, and a, uh, I would like to give our audience a chance to get a mental image of what each one of you sitting at this table look like. 
Do we uh, enter the, uh, what's the term, uh, the letterbox uh, cutscene moment where it's like, and here we have our adventures. And yeah. just like, you, you hear the, the corny uh, piano playing in the background. Maybe it's some poor rendition of Meatloaf's uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light. And uh, it just turns on to the, wait, I, why am I sounding like the DM? Crap, I'm not used to this. <laughs> Can I go first? <laughs> Absolutely. So, the I'll give you a little scene setting. I feel, I feel right. like you trying to set the scene means that you need the scene more set. So I will do that a little bit. I apologize then, as a so, DM. As the camera flies into this giant beached <laughs> ship on the shore inside of the Black Lake District of Neverwinter in the evening, we pan into the, into the door and you can smell the scent of musk and men and, you know, work as you enter but uh, inter intertwined with the scent of wood because of the fact that this, this ship is so large. Um, but you can feel the warmth as you enter because it's cool outside. And as you come in, you hear the laughing of voices, the, the clanking of glasses as people drink and revel about their daily commute and work. And we, uh, we pan across the scene, looking at the barkeeps and different people across the scene of, of this just lower deck of a ship full of people eating and enjoying life. And we turn to a table where three adventurers sit. Is there no piano playing Meatloaf's Paradise by the Dashboard Light? How, we'll say it's being played by an accordion. Okay, I'll work <laughs> with you. Yeah. Cool, thank you. Right. Inspiration. Oh, thank you. I'll use it against you. Oh shit. <laughs> Alright, can I go first still? I'm excited. Absolutely. I actually right, fleshed out my lore. Glenn, yeah. can I go first? Yeah, go for it, <laughs> man. Right. Take take the initiative, Magdor. Alright. Magdor was born on the hills to a dwarven family of Bandai. Born to a family of smiths, it was Magdor's responsibility to take up the mantle of his father and become one himself. His life revolved around the forge and his family. His life was pretty good until the Dwarven King challenged the smith to a contest. In the final challenge, Magdor lost to a member of the Steel Ore family. His disappointment immeasurable in his day ruined, he felt shame for himself and his family. As the loser of the contest, his punishment was to lose his arm. He prayed that night to his god, his deity, Moradin, who granted him the knowledge to forge a new arm. In return, Moradin requested Magdor to leave his home and find the rarest metal of all. After forging himself a new iron arm, Magdor left on his journey, where he met two aspiring adventurers, assisting him in his quest. <laughs> and I That's will say us. this, that Definitely. was awesome. But I just wanted a physical description. <laughs> oh, shit. I thought we were doing no, a No, you're golden. Oh, no, you're golden. I want, honestly, and the beauty is that we understand more about that, but I would much rather our audience be able to experience that through conversation with your party members. Ah, shit. Like shit. experiencing that. Yeah, absolutely. You just no, you're fine. That you're fine. We're just I sitting love there trying it. to drink. Dude, the passion and the, the, the voice acting, it was great. I really loved it. Uh, but, like, yeah, let's... Okay. For for uh, for Nick and Tyler, give me your physical descriptions. Maybe a little bit of what you might, you know, what people might know about you in Neverwinter, because we know Magdor very well now. But I want, I want, you know, because obviously there's more to Magdor than just that. Obviously, more than the paragraph describes a character, you know. So we'll find more about your character out 
as we kind of work through this exactly what you know your motivations and all that but go ahead and give me characters so give me what does magdor look like what is what is magdor, the color of his beard his height his weaponry magdor is a 55 year old hill dwarf uh he's four feet six inches tall a little tall for a dwarf but you know <laughs> it, it's how he goes he weighs uh, 180 pounds brown eyes light stout. skin yeah stout black hair black beard um, looks brown in the sunlight, so it's not entirely, entirely black. And uh, he's got a metal arm. What sort of weaponry and armor oh. uh, are kind of like fixed upon him? Right now, he doesn't have much armor. He's got some uh, simple light armor, um, cloth and leather, whatever he could scrap around. Leaving his village, he grabbed what he could, uh, including mm -hmm. his war hammer, which is also his smith's hammer. A giant two-handed, you know, warhammer. You mean that plus one warhammer? Yeah. Oh, is it plus one? A it plus is. one. Oh gosh, God Himself has just came in into. Sweet. It was familial, my... you know. You, it was something that you took with you that mattered, you know. So it's got to be a little nicer than your average warhammer. Here, let me add to my story how I had a wand of the war mage plus one. I, I had kept a, with me I had from a my sword. <laughs> I, I forgot to say, we stored all of our ore in a bag of holding, and I made sure to grab that before I left. <laughs> yep, yep. My Actually, bad. my no. parents died and left me an inheritance of 20,000 gold pieces. Uh, like, my story's Harry Potter, essentially. <laughs> but yeah, so, that that's Magdor. Very cool. Thank you, Magdor. Alright, uh, Vol, why don't we have you go next? Um, Vol is a Goliath, which means... Uh, usually on the larger, larger spectrum. Um, he is seven foot one, two hundred and ninety-six pounds, uh, oh thirty-four years of age. Sounds like me. Which is um, quite long, usually, like uh, like statistically longer than most Goliaths would survive. Um, mm -hmm. He's got green eyes and gray skin with the standard Goliath-like patches of skin that end up looking like tribal tattoos, and a darker gray mm -hmm. just covered his body. Um, yeah, that's, that's Vol. I, some of the, the behaviors and some of the idea behind Vol is kind of like Drax the Destroyer and Kratos. Um, so he's mm -hmm. not like necessarily the strong silent type, but he doesn't have like the most to say in most settings. Um, he's, he's, he's just fiercely competitive and he'll do whatever he can to get the job done. Cool. What, what sort of weapon and armors are um, kind of Weapons, Vol really likes using his short sword, but he keeps two on hand. Um, and a longbow, because he isn't, he's a ranger. Um, Armor-wise... Which does he prefer to use? The swords. He definitely prefers the swords. Um, one of them being a plus one short sword, yes? Oh shit. No, they're just regular I like this guy. run of the mill short swords. Um Vol does not need to make they're use of one, actually. Yeah, Vol does not need to make use of any um uh favors. He or, just carries an uh, extra long butter knife on him. <laughs> um he can get the job done with as minimal equipment as he needs to. Uh, survivor. Um kind of uh armor I Um so right now he's just he's on his day off. And he's just, um, you know, chilling in the in the tavern with with some simple clothes, clothing. Awesome. Yeah. 
Some close clothing. He's got his weapons on hand, but he's not, like, armored up. Uh, not armored up. He has on him, at the very least, just the one sword. Just in case. Awesome. Very lovely. Yeah, you, I mean, it's 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 Black Lake, you know? Yeah. Like, you don't just... It's the Blackwater District. You don't just not have a weapon on you. Also, yeah. I would imagine my awesome. part party would feel kind of safe, considering the fact that they're with the Goliath, and they're probably not that common out here. Nobody wants to mess with a 7-foot, 1-296-pound... Man, yeah, Absolutely. you got you, you have your table, and when you come in, people leave that table so that you guys can sit down. I sit closest to the wall for sure. I like, I, I keep the furthest distance from any, anybody else because I know he can take the hit, I cannot. Who's he? Uh, he is going to be Roger. Everybody's gonna know him differently from now on because he's technically a changeling. However, as we see it in the story right now, he is a human male with pale skin and slim build. He's got a bit of a bald head going on right now. Uh, you could argue it's shaved, but it doesn't really matter given his magical abilities. It can be whatever he wants it to be. Uh, he, he does keep a goatee of dark brown color unless he's trying to throw somebody off his trail. In case he did something a little bit less questionable in the previous town visit over. Uh, he does change his hairstyle, but he does keep, and he counts very specifically every morning, seven white hairs on his beard, just for good luck. Uh, if one were to fall out, he just changes another one to a white hair. A very indistinguishable, since uh, it's very lightly peppered. He is also 18 years old. Exactly oh. legal of age. And Do you he appear is... as an 18-year-old, or is that actually how you are? In real life, uh, well, in real life, this is just fantasy. Uh, he's caught in a landslide. Uh, sorry, I, I escape I, from reality. Yes. <laughs> His uh, real character age is 18 years old. He probably looks like he's mid 20s because uh, he wants to be able to order the beer, even though uh, he knows Vol wouldn't let him drink it. And so uh, he's he's got a water and. Uh, Maybe the uh, fantasy equivalent of a club soda. Yeah. All right. And uh, in terms of stuff that he's wearing right now, uh, he tries to keep it uh, very inconspicuous uh, as part of his motif, uh, wearing a uh, plain dark brown, maybe a uh, a leathery-looking cloak over uh, his his basic uh, garnish or garnishments. No, that's stuff for food. Uh, garments. There we go. I added an extra. <laughs> you got there. Yep. I'm very tired. Uh, but he tries to keep... Uh, he, he likes to look as plain as possible. That way, uh, if he does need to uh, shift into a different persona of sorts, it's very it's not going to be noticeable. It's like, hey, that guy wearing a, uh, a rainbow collar uh, suddenly turned from a, a human to an elf. But if, you know, you see a elf walking around in a brown cloak and a human walking around in a brown cloak, it's a little bit easier for him to uh, pull it off if he's in a bit of a pinch. If you will. You're trying to be as in inconspicuous as possible. Like, uh, when he is in full go-to mode, he's the kind of guy that likes to show off flair, but when he's trying to keep out of the eye, he's going to look as bland as possible. Okay. Right now, now he's is just that changing a specific face or just like his clothing tends to kind of be more is uh, it same his... face more radiant clothing you know sort of thing and same face with plainer stuff or we are currently in the beautiful 
Neverwinter Jewel of the North. This is the Neverwinter Jewel of the North, uh, plain looking man number three, uh, okay. essentially. If he's in a <laughs> different town, character. he's, he's going to have a, yeah, he's, he's trying to look like the Monica for any of those Doki Doki Literature Club fans of, uh, the, uh, this area where he, it looks different every time, but he still looks like the default setting anywhere he goes. But his face it's, is not always the same. His face no. changes from place to like, place. Uh, it, it's noticeably different to his companions, okay. but not to anybody else. Like, so how do stories, your companions know who you are? Uh, it's, no, that's a good question. I would say that the most noticeable thing that they can piece out would be my, uh, Oh goodness, what is it called? The, uh, my arcane? Arcane focus? Arcane focus, which I wear, uh, very loosely, but you can see the chain around the neck. It's a silver wrought amulet with bits of amber in it, but most noticeably you see an indentation in the dead center, exactly where you would put a 50 gold piece diamond. <laughs> But it's missing said diamond, huh? But but it's missing. It's like he lost it somewhere along the way. He's very bitter about it. And uh, there is a light imprint of a tattoo that he does keep on his chest as a fond memory of his family. That, you know, if anybody needs to, you know, confirm something, they simply need to look at me and ask, the you know, the right question. I can either confirm with them by changing, like... I'm the kind of guy that can, I can re send a message through my left cheek by changing a tattoo onto my skin. Like, if they need to know, well, they better keep close or they um, should be asking. Otherwise, uh, you know, if I'm sitting at the table they, and I look completely weird, it, you know, they're, they're, they've probably sat down at the table with somebody completely random once or twice in uh, the career here and just realized it was somebody, uh, it was actually default character number two instead of number three. I come, What's up, Roger? Come, My name's not Roger. Who are Stan, you? What are you doing? <laughs> awesome. Well, I mean, the beauty is, though, that as you're sitting there, uh, like, you, like, put your hand in your pocket as you relax, and you realize there's a 50 gold piece diamond in your pocket. You just misplaced it. I knocked over the table. <laughs> uh, like, everything goes up in the air for a quick second as I put this diamond into my, uh, my, uh, arcane focus. And, uh, character, Roger's happy. Suddenly he's like, hi, <laughs> ooh, you know, he's a little pep and stuff. Like, uh, he just got paid pretty well. He's, uh, he's in a pretty good mood suddenly. He's like, yeah, what are you cool. guys, what are you guys eating? What's your favorite drink and, you know, food for you as you're ale. sitting at this tavern? Just ale? Just, just ale. ale? Very dwarven. <laughs> ale is food. <laughs> ale now, are you the kind of person that would chug it? Or are you kind of the guy that's just, you know, constantly sipping from it? I chugged the first eight, sipping on the ninth. <laughs> <laughs> and now, I know we said earlier, uh, for those of you who are just listening, uh, which is most of us, uh, we have cameras and we do live stream these recordings. And our good friend, uh, the, our good dwarven friend, uh, Magdor, he has his camera positioned so that just his eyes and forehead are visible because he's short, which is why I gave him an inspiration point. And uh, just so you know, I just thought it was worth noting because it's funny and I appreciate the creativity. Yeah, so we're sipping on ale there, Magdor. What about everyone else? I'm watching Mirifully while, like, very, very bitterly drinking from my water. 
I, uh, I keep eyeing whatever Vol's drinking to see if I can't uh, get a paper straw or something like that to uh, ship me over to his drink, but he is very watchful. So water it is. And since his, I mean, since his exile, Vol has, uh, has enjoyed partaking of some of the more common uh, pleasures, uh, particularly mead. Um, okay. He's taken a liking to the, the sweet taste of mead because that's not something uh, a, gl- a typical Goliath tribe would have access to. So just some mead yeah. and some some meat, kind of kind of little you know undercooked just the way it, mom would is that make that it. Classic mead and mead and mutton. Yeah, uh, you know the number four on the menu. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, little little undercooked, kind of the way that uh, you know mother would make. Um, They'll probably be eating the pretzels there, you know, the pretzels and, and popcorn that they give. And Roger, they do have, they don't have pretzels and popcorn. <laughs> they, <laughs> what kind of establishment is this? What is uh, this? They, they, they do serve Applebee's. Eighteen-year-olds alcohol. That's that's their their drinking age is pretty fluid in black. Wait, is black black character is seventeen years old. Oh, you're seventeen. Okay. It's uh, pretty 17 fluid. There's, 11 there's 15 year olds in the corner that have been drinking. So, okay, for the sake of the thing, my argument is Vol won't let me drink because Fair he thinks enough. I'm too young still. I can <laughs> okay. still drink. I just want like, to make sure you, that legally you're totally allowed to. If Vol wants to say no and you respect that, then that's fine. Last time he drank, he uh, almost burned down a building. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, that That's true. <laughs> Uh, I, with, I'm gonna say with his passive perception, he would be able to easily see every time he sees me, like, conjuring some kind of contraption of, like, four different bendy straws as I try to shimmy over towards his drink anytime I see say, him looking away. Out of character, could you change, like, your finger to be a straw and just, like, dip it uh, into- <laughs> I mean, I could- if there's some kind of creature that is of medium size that is humanoid like that, then yes, but if- if- I can go say, is there, isn't there like some kind of elephant creature? Loxodon uh, don't exist here. <laughs> okay. Air anteater, I mean. Yeah, Loxodon <laughs> are a uh, Magic the Gathering universe. It's a Ravnica thing. So, unless one is plane shifted here, you've never seen one before. Like, uh, that's the only thing. <laughs> Vol looks down and sees his drink and reaches for it, but his hand goes through it as he realized I casted Minor Illusion and I, you know, have his drink kind of like moving towards me. No, I'm just kidding. That never <laughs> happened. Initiative. I don't want to <laughs> say I don't want to <laughs> die within the first 15 minutes. Yeah, I am, uh, what kind of complimentary stuff do they have here? Because I'm not the kind that order anything fanciful. Like, oh, as just you can see, nuts. I will take these nuts then. Deets nuts? These nuts. Deets. Uh, nuts. Pardon me. There it is. Like I, I'm separating the salted from the unsalted because uh, I, I'm trying to watch my sodium intake and I kind of push him towards Vol because I know Vol has a thing for salt for some reason. And uh, yeah, I'm eating deets nuts and plain water or club soda if you'll allow it. Because you know I'm 18 and it's allowed, right? Yeah. Yes. Busy water. Great. So you're enjoying your ale and, you know, and your mead and mutton and your club soda and your mixed nuts. And um, as you, you sit there and kind of like revel in the fact that you just you have items that you didn't know you had before. <laughs> but also as wow, you just enjoy you the found? end of a day, because you work for this, you know, work for this company kind of like 
doing shipping things, escorting, you know, stuff around town, kind of helping unloading and stuff. It's honestly not like the most interesting thing for people with your skill set, but it's a way to make money and survive. So it's, you know, you gotta, you do what you gotta do. And sometimes that's not something you want to do until you find that thing that you can do that you want to do. Um, and as you, you sit there and enjoy the evening, um, uh, a hooded figure enters, which is kind of uncommon because most of the time it's not, you, you know, it's not raining outside. You know that it is a cool night, but it is not, there's no sort of, you know, it's not cold enough to be like, you know, bundled up inside of anything and you know it's not raining so nobody would be wearing a hood or anything and the hooded figure enters and the, the figure kind of like you can see the chin you know as the the light in here is primarily candlelight by oils on the walls so i ready the, fireball the edges, under the table what's that i ready fireball under the table firebolt yes okay good i thought you said fireball and i was like that's very scary uh, that's very scary <laughs> at also, level one also I was going to say, I can waste cantrips pretending I'm uh, preparing spells under the table. Uh, I, I would not do a spell slot unless I knew I was going to raid the fight. Yeah, what's everyone's passive perception? Uh, 14. 14? 13. Awesome. 13? Great. Uh, man, I like I got my third eye open. I got an 11. 11? Okay. Oh, yeah. So, anybody who is, who is not <laughs> Roger, because Roger's <laughs> doing it, because Roger's doing it, uh, sees the light of uh, a light coming from underneath the table like you can see like Roger's face being lit from below as if there's some sort of light underneath the table uh, do you do anything in response to that? Roger put the fire away I don't have any fire what are you talking about? boy put and the then, fire away and, and our dwarven oh. friend all you have to do is kind of eh? It's a quick turn, and you can see that he's got fire in his hand, and he's staring at this hooded figure. Like, I I got the kind of, like, the look of uh, a glare of a cat that just sends uh, a stranger oh. that is more, like, honestly, the happiest man of the world could have came in, but Roger is a paranoid person. He mm -hmm. doesn't like seeing people that he can't, you know, determine if they're good or not. And, you know, a hooded figure that just came in for the rain, you know, he sees that and he's immediately paranoid. He's not going to, you know, outright attack, but he is at the ready. So and how do you respond when your your Goliath friend says, put the fire out? Oh, I, I don't have any fire. What are you talking about? And I'm going to turn and look at the cloaked figure here and look back at Roger and then just pick up my drink and start sipping again. It's like you've accepted that whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. Right. There's nothing you're doing to change. There's no point. <laughs> I'm gonna give Roger I, a light smack across the back of his head. Put the fire out. Uh, that would immediately put the fire out. It, it's like smacking a zippo lighter shut. Uh, and I kind of <laughs> like look at him. It's like, you see that guy over there? Yes. Now I don't know how well my wisdom would serve in this. But as a fairly unintelligent fellow, I could determine that person is dangerous. Roger, we've been over this. Not everybody's trying to kill you. Not everybody. You haven't so far. Oh, <laughs> like, he counts like three fingers. He's like, less than a hand's worth. But shouldn't we be concerned? All right, I've had enough of this. I, I'm going to turn to the guy. Hey, are you dangerous? 
And uh, this figure that was previously scanning the room, they don't hear you because the bar is so loud. But around the time when you've yelled in that direction, maybe a few seconds later, uh, they they seem to find whatever they were looking for, and it's in your direction. And this person begins to walk towards your table. I cast message towards Magdor, and I say, What the fuck are you doing? We have any reason to worry, Roger. We'll worry when the fighting uh, starts. You can't hear this. Uh, no, I know. I'm, I'm just telling you. Uh, yeah. Okay. You've been saying you and it should be, and it should be noted that message is a whisper, so you still move your mouth. It's just that no audible sound comes out, and only the intended person hears the whisper. So it looks like you go. So, so okay, so I should be. People still know you're saying something to someone, even if they're not the recipient. Okay, well, hopefully this person isn't a tabaxi and, you know, can, or can read lips because I'm just, like, I, I looked at Magdora and it's like... <laughs> uh, for the just audio listeners, the obviously. I... Like, it, it, like, honestly, I could have just not said something, but he's also drunk, so maybe he just heard it, you know... I It sounded like a quiet whisper, but in his head, it probably sounded like the most obnoxious shouting you could possibly think of. What is the most? What did it sound? Me? Give us an example. Yeah, how do you think that sounded like? Now the big question is: Do you think it would be my natural voice, or do you think it would be my human voice? You choose that, right? I'm gonna say for now it's gonna be my human voice because I'm not uh, ready to unveil that show horse. The yet. Changeling sound. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, so I, I look at Magdor, cast message, uh, blatantly whispered enough to even Vol could see it. What the fuck are you doing? And I look at Vol and I put hand, both hands above the table and it says, All right, no fire, no fire. They're heading towards us. Just just, just eat as... your nuts. If, if we have reason for concern, then we'll fight. <laughs> I start popping nuts in my mouth nervously. Great, I love it. So as you nervously eat nuts to keep yourself from trying to cast another spell to deal with this this assailant that's moving towards you in your own mind, will you calmly wait for something to happen that should cause you to be actually alarmed because you understand that your friend is a little bit paranoid and Magdor just continues to sip on that good old ale. Um, this person arrives and pulls her hood back off of her head. And um, I you choke see... on the nut. <laughs> Constitution saving throw. That, that was assaulted. <laughs> uh, I will make a constitution saving throw. I got a 14. Uh, you begin to choke on the nut. Uh, you have... With a 14. Wow. I mean, the salt uh, should give me disadvantage for a time. It's... Yeah. I'm, I'm not allergic to salt, but salt is like... Whew, it's like... So he's... he's she pulls the hood back, and he goes... <coughs> and begins to choke. I'm gonna... And will be unconscious... Unless someone does something. I'm gonna thump him really hard on the back. Give him a thump? Yeah. Okay. Uh, now you may make another constitution saving throw, but you will do it with advantage this time. Awesome. Uh, I got a 19. There you go. Yeah, you pop it, and the nut flies out onto the table and falls okay, at the feet of the Okay, I was worried person. that you are going to say you shot it out with such enthusiasm that it hit her right in the cheek, and that is our introduction <laughs> to our new NPC. No, but she does see you choke up a nut that falls onto the ground in front of her face 
or in, in front of her feet. And uh, she says, um, I'd heard you would be here. Do you mind if I sit down? No, are you buying it? Eh. Salted or unsalted? And the face that you see, too, I should describe her as well. She's wearing a, like, a dark gray cloak. Um, and she looks to be a wood elf woman. Um, with, like, like a deep green, kind of forest green eyes. And she has well-kept uh, auburn hair that is braided and pulled back to a single ponytail in the back. And um, what would, like, kind of like uh, Eowyn. Not not fully braided, so it's got braids on the side, but then it's loose on the back. Uh, but it's all pulled behind her head, and she's wearing, like, uh, what you would recognize as kind of just basic leather, light leather armor. Um, and she has, uh, on her back, she has a, um, a quiver, but there is no bow. And then um, uh, two sets of daggers in little sheaths on each side. And she says, may I sit? If you buy Magdor. it out, you can sit. What? Magdor. <laughs> yeah. Buddy, you look great today. What's your read on her? And I, I you know, I, uh, I kind of like give you a pat on the back and uh, with that tap, a uh, little bit of guidance, if you will, to uh, hopefully see if you can get a uh, an idea what kind of person this is. An insight, if you will. I kind of shrug him off, but, you know, the, the damage is done. Guess I'll take a, <laughs> oh, I've been guided. Take a look at her. Oh, is that you casting guidance? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'll take a look at her and oh, just kind of give that, her. Was that the wrong way to do that, or should I be doing it no, a different way? I just needed to know that that's what you were doing mechanically. Okay. Uh, so if he tells me I'm rolling with an extra d4, I know why. <laughs> I'm going to I mean, uh, give her a quick are you good? once over, look her up and down. Um, Making try to an insight, insight check? Yeah. Okay. And, I roll, and what are you trying to determine with this insight Just to check? see if she's suspicious. Okay, cool. Because uh, I, I know I'm paranoid, but he seems sensible, so I'm giving him the chance to figure it out. I rolled a right. 23. 23? Yeah, I mean, she seems as though she's not here with intent to hurt you or anything like that. So it, it is. There's a good chance that she's going to be guarded about what she says. Eh, she's okay. She says, "So I, I can sit. I just want to be polite." Um, yeah. if you want to be polite, by is all around because my friend here, and I'm gonna thump on Rogers back again, uh, a little harder than I did for when I was trying to save him from choking. Could use a drink. A loose knot from between the teeth pops out and lands on the table. Okay, you're, I'll be right back. You're too and she heads over to the bar. <laughs> like, I check, and like, I, I get nervous because I, I thought it was a tooth at first. And look, and I realize it's half a nut that I bit and just got stuck between the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I know that one was insulted. All right, Roger. Yeah, she comes back not long later. She, <laughs> she, fuck, what was I going to say? She asked nicely. I do it She's buying us a drink. So calm down. I'm going to let you have one drink today. One drink. Could I could I have the one? She's she's getting it right now, so for the love of God, calm oh, the oh gosh, fuck down. I, I hope it's a Jacqueline Daniels. I always wanted a shot of that. You will drink what you were given, boy. Okay. Okay. I mean, <laughs> okay. Yes. I forgot. I'm uh I'm a 
man. <laughs> and I like, I, I kind of like flex a little bit, uh, like, and I puff my cheeks because I, I feel like my eyes were starting to sag a little bit as I'm like holding my form up. I'm like, yeah, yes, yes. You're a man as as much as I'm a wood elf. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Great. So as he pops that joke, she returns with, um, and she's holding, you know, several steins, wooden steins. Uh, and you know this that this place is is famous for the fact that it's like the the the, the wooden steins that they have here are made from the former, like the last shipment that they brought in. Um, of crates and wood barrels and stuff like that. He took those and turned those into the steins and plates and forts and stuff like that. And so, like, these steins are actually made of old shipping material. Um, so each one, like, has, like, different, like, weird labels and print bits on the outside. So they have stories to them. But she sets one down in each front of each of uh, you and she says, a uh, solid uh, dwarven ale because I figure we would, you know, he's probably the, our, our, our dwarven friend here is probably the best taste uh, tester here, and I uh, wanted to cater to you, Master Dwarf. I'm just gonna. I take immediately it. take the shot. Same. I just chug that shit. Okay. Uh, you chug it, both of you. Absolutely. After being insulted by the dwarf, and the dwarf is now being complimented, and being the show show horse I tried to be, I immediately tried to seek to outdo him at his own game, and I tried to take down this ale I was definitely not prepared for. Full. Thank you for the for the drink, and I'm just gonna sip it. You're gonna sip it, okay? You two make uh, Constitution saving throws, I believe, because of your dwarven resilience. Uh, since technically drunk is a poisoned condition, uh, you have resistance to this, so you'll have advantage on the roll. Uh, but our changeling friend will have no such advantages. <laughs> I rolled a fourteen. Absolutely not. And. Uh... I rolled what he got if he had disadvantage, but he didn't. So so what were the rolls then? He got a 14. I got an 8. Oh, uh, well. I clearly did not hold my weight. Uh, I mean, it could have been a lot worse, but. Yeah, Magdor is, uh, is feeling happily buzzed. It's like a good place. But and I want people to ask me questions. Nine in, I'm feeling buzzed. And, and Vol is just like Roger completely Roger. thrashed sorry Roger is just completely thrashed uh, within I, about it takes a few seconds and then you see him go aww <laughs> as he begins to sway a little more than he was a few seconds before I have enough I would like to think uh, consciousness to uh, kind of like rub my cheeks to make them pink because I don't think they would naturally turn pink but I want to look like what I am at this point, so I, I make my pe uh, cheeks a little bit flush, and uh, you know I, I just kind of like rub them and you know cover it up to make sure uh, no one notices that you know it's actually just like honestly, if you think of a changeling changing the skin tonic color a little bit, it almost looks as natural as a human does uh, would if they got a little tipsy, but maybe a little too fast, and uh, mm. that is after he puts uh, his mug down on the table just a little too loudly and he uh shoots a hand forward and says hey <laughs> that's it i thought he was gonna say so much more hey she says hello of, and she begins to start lines. to 
Hey. She sets her mug down. She had taken a sip of it and looked at Vol and understandingly been, you know, like, been like, we're doing this the right way. The dwarf can probably handle it, but he's already asking to shake my hand. So this is weird. She goes over to shake your hand. And I'm she a says, a stegatarian? Yes. What is, what is that? It means I'm going to drink. Oh, I'm in it. character right now. That's another thing I do at my table. If you don't take your hat off, I assume what you're saying is in character. I am still in character. Okay, good, good, good. And she says, Stegatarian? Yes, it means I'm a good drinker. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's, um. What's your problem there, buddy? Nothing. <laughs> Which, well, can I get another? to you. I will have another water. You will both have water. That that did. I would love to speak with you in a coherent manner, but until then, I will chat with your Goliath friend for a moment. You will speak to my secretary. And she Volley. snaps her fingers, and an area around both of you appears in the corner, where, as you speak, you can't hear your own voice. And she says, so shall we have a conversation, Cole? As you're the only one who has a sound mind currently? Sure. So I tried to talk and it's in complete silence, I'm assuming. <laughs> but you I could am, use message if you wanted. <laughs> I assume, like, it's, like, once I, a couple of seconds, like, I'm still pretty fucking amber. I pretend it's a, a mime wall and I immediately, like, start putting my hands and face towards it. Inspiration point. Awesome. Um, thank, thank you. I just kind of shrug yeah. and take a drink. I still have my sipping awesome. drink. Yeah, you got your drink. You're good. <laughs> All right. And so you begin to mime. You begin to just like Magdor just assumes that everything's fine while while Roger, you know, mimes <laughs> doing his own little showy changeling thing. Um, and she says, oh, these are your uh, compatriots, workmates, what? S something of the sort. Dwarf okay. we met recently. Uh, <clears throat> he's trustworthy when he doesn't have a stein in his hand, I assume. Dwarves may be a bit greedy, but they're they're good people. And the human here, he's my uh, ward. But I have a question for you, Miss Elf. Sure, of course. How do you know my name? Oh, I was um, directed to find you. Uh, you and your friends here. Uh, I've been looking for you for a few areas, uh, for a few hours in different taverns in the area. Um, and when I went to one, they they said uh, they said they were they were familiar with one of your name, and they said that they thought you frequent in this tavern as you are doing the favorite place to drink. <laughs> doing the rope. Awesome. Um, What's the job? And she, and she she looks at them and. Uh, she touches both of your shoulders, both uh, Magdor and Roger, and hey. you feel you feel yourself no longer inebriated as she's cast Lester Restoration, removing the poison condition. So she just undrunk you. Oh, and, fuck uh, she this. snaps and removes silence, and she says, I'm sorry, I will buy you another round afterwards, but I needed to speak with you in a coherent state, and I didn't I... want to exclude you from this any longer. Like As your friend has asked me her. what the job is, um, and I should let you know my name first. Uh, my name is Elgira. Um, and are you all receptive to making some coin on a job that I have for you? 
I don't know, yeah, dwarf? Like, do you like coin dwarf? glasses start flashing. Sorry, I couldn't hear either of you because I'm you sorry, spoke Nick, go ahead. Time. I keep talking. <laughs> um, do you like coin dwarf? I needed to get done what I need to get done. I'll, I'll go on whatever quest she has. Right, and Roger will just follow me, so... Uh, continuing my mime act, I feel like a collar being tugged at around my neck. You know you can talk now. Yeah, oh, can I? She, removed, she removed the silence spell as well. I look her dead in the eyes and I say an elven. Hey. <laughs> she says, hey. Like, did she say that back in elvish or common? No, just in common. She's not about discluding people if they can't understand her. <laughs> She's a very inclusive person, and she's trying to speak to all of you, and she knows you can all speak common, so. Absolutely. I have a uh, small scroll and maybe a quill or some charcoal out, and uh, I write her name down just to keep a note of it, and I say, Al Jira. Al Jira. Is there yes. an apostrophe um, in there? No. E-L-J-I-R-A. Just like it sounds. Um, now, I, I, in, in the, for the sake of transparency, I, I can't tell you who the benefactor of this job is, but I can say that if you do well, you do it efficiently in a timely manner and complete the mission, there will be more work and I, you will be able to meet said benefactor. Is this agreeable? Uh, obviously, the choice is yours, but I don't want to push you into anything where I'm being... You know, I'm not discreet about any of this. I'm telling you what I'm supposed to and what I'm allowed to. It's not the Dwarven King, is it? Oh, of course not. All right, he's I'm a in. bit of a... Yeah, he's not really used... He doesn't like cooperating with others all the time, so we're not... I've never met him myself. That's just what I hear. Uh, Roger looks like he seriouses the fuck up, both arms on the table, leaning a little bit forward, and uh, it, like a he, complete change of pace, and he's like, is this benefactor lawful? Do they follow the law? They no. are not a bad no. person. I can say that this person, you wouldn't be serving like a shadow lord or a member of Bregan to Aerith or something. Not a gang lord or slum lord or odd person of dark and various means. I don't care if they follow the law. I'm just asking if they're lawful. That's what lawful means, my boy. Uh, he, he, like, pauses for a moment, and he looks at Volk and looks at her and <laughs> kind of, like, looks at the table for a second and says, <laughs> All right, I'm in. <laughs> I love this, like, 18-year-old persona. And she says, Vol, uh, how do you feel about this proposition? Uh, well, it would help if I knew what the job was. There you go. I just wanted to see if you were receptive, you know, based on the circumstances, and then I would move forward because I, I didn't want to present the job and then tell you that I couldn't tell you who the benefactor was because obviously it's not me. Um, if you're all receptive, the job is um, that there is... Because part of the reason we reached out to you is because we know that you work for a shipping company and you've been known to do escort jobs for said shipping company, and... Several of the merchants uh, heading to the east of the town um, inland uh, 
through the Neverwinter Wood have been attacked and raided and have lost stores of food and lumber and supplies that were supposed to be headed inland towards Tribor and some of the cities in the Deseran Hills on the opposite side of the forest. And those merchants have uh, ex expressed a need for that to be dealt with. Um, so he needs someone to take an escort mission knowing that they're going to get raided, most likely. And I figure who better than somebody like yourselves who has experience in escorting merchants and their goods. Excellent hazard pay. How much? Uh, the, the pay for going into the forest and dealing with them or bringing them back for prosecution would be five gold per person. What are the <clears throat> merchants transporting? Um, just basic goods. It's mostly just things that the people of the Deseran Hills cannot get as readily where they are. Uh, lumber, specific food supplies, because, you know, the Deseran Hills are a little, it's a little harder to come by mass amounts of lumber. Um, so, you know, if somebody wants to build a tavern or something, a house out there, they have to purchase the lumber from somewhere where there is more lush forest. And that would be us. We provide that, you know, depending on the merchant. So, but as you can tell, that would be quite a loss for somebody who, you know, probably worked for, you know, months and months and months, maybe years to get enough money to be able to purchase the lumber for their own home. So it's, it's common people that are being hurt here, not any elite or anything. It's just a problem for the common man. Does, does anybody find it ironic that the wood elf is helping to transport lumber? Oh, I don't work for the transport mission. No. Oh, all right. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an emissary of my benefactor. I, I actually generally work in Neverwinter. Roger really immediately becomes paranoid again. Now that he's sobered back up. So you want us to walk into a trap and you'll pay us for it? Yeah. Okay. And Which anything you happen to find, pay. if you're able to find, now oh, that is the hazard pay. The common it's, man makes 10 gold in a year. You'd be getting half a year's wages in one job. It seems that we've been getting a little bit of A and a little bit of C, but the total is a D. Seems we're missing a variable here. We're missing an F. Well, I'm not picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> he counts his fingers and says, I... Can I count? Yes, I am a man. I can count. I believe there should be more pay for this. I feel like you... Uh, for that kind of pay, it brings a lot I of I will suspicion. let you know that you have made, in about a year, you've never made five gold in a year working basic jobs for a shipping company. I, I have you've a proposition. You've never made that much in a full year. This is a Understood. lot of money. I have a proposition, <laughs> Roger. And, uh... Uh, Ali, whatever your name was, uh... My name is Elgira. That isn't a, a preposition at all. That it, it, that's uh, it's for both of you. It's for both of you. Um, Grammar. Uh, any items we find from the <laughs> caravans that have been looted, is that ours to keep? Before your friend was going to... Before he went off uh, on his A, D, C, and F tangent, I was going to let you Did know you that anything... Did you forget the letter M? 
You no. forgot about M. You didn't say it, though. Uh, before he went on his tangent, I was going to let you know that if you find any of the supplies that are obviously meant for transport, still in crates with, you know, if there's a shipping manifest listing a supply on it, we would like those returned so they can be given to the people that have already paid for them. But anything that's not listed on a manifest that you may find is yours. Do, do we receive extra gold for every shipping crate that we bring back? No. Okay. That's part of the pay. So leave but it there. You, I can say that if you can bring them back alive, there's a good chance that uh, you'll receive a little bit more pay because, you know, being, bringing them to justice is of great value. Now, if you have to take care of them, then that's understandable because there's, maybe it's not likely that they'll want to come in alive. But if you can, there may be some bonus pay just so we can make sure that those who would do the common man wrong or brought to justice. Do you feel like bringing them back alive would be worth maybe an extra gold per head? Um, honestly, I don't have it within my right to say yes or no, hmm. but I can speak with my benefactor if that's something you would wish, and maybe if that happens, we can negotiate bonus pay. Upon your return with said living offender. Right, so you want us to negotiate after we complete it? Uh, only because I don't have the right to say yes to that because it's not my coin. Well, we what do you want us to set up? What he said. <laughs> like I finished my sentence, but then I stopped myself and go, <laughs> what he said. Uh, whenever you would like to, um, obviously the sooner the better, but you know, it might be better do not do it at night, you know? Or first light tomorrow would be the earliest I would ask you to be. That's excellent. That's a, just enough time for you to speak to your benefactor's name to no, have... Ben, no? My benefactor it, is not someone I can speak with on such short notice. Ooh. Um, But there is a shipment going out early morning tomorrow if you'd be willing to accompany them. I, I, I don't know why coin already. is such a big deal as this is a large amount of money. Why are you so pressing on this? I put my hand on Look. Roger's shoulder and squeeze kind of tight. And I'm like, don't worry. He's just being an idiot. He's a boy and he doesn't uh, understand the value of money. Nick, what's your passive perception again? 14. 14. I think, I think uh, Roger, or sorry, uh, Vol would notice that as he like clasps down on his shoulder, it feels like he's squeezing Play-Doh that's slightly hardened. And like he kind of feels uh, things a little bit squishy than what it should be. Uh, Roger does not react to this. Paul doesn't react to this either because this is something he's used to. Because he knows he I, how to like... It, it doesn't hurt him nearly as much before because he's used to it and he's letting his body become free-flowing where you grabbed him out, essentially. I will let you know that I, um, there are other eligible persons to take care of this job. We'll take if, it. If it's not... Oh! Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll take it, too. Okay. Good, good. I mean, I was hoping that you would say that as you were the ones that I wanted to find, but, you know... I look at the camera and I the say, city. for the sake of the story, I will accept. Um, and then wait, she is this looks the master quest or the side quest? <laughs> All right, I need you to make a deception check. Huh? Who? 
You're obviously not happy with these terms, Mr. Conspiracy Theorist. That's you. I rolled the majestic 11. I it, 11? like I might have like uh act chill about it, but I'm clearly not chill. But I That's also cool. have <laughs> a uh, a firm grip on my shoulder. So, it, I, I I like I stopped becoming the uh the barking chihuahua essentially and I kind of like clam up and uh I just and she looks at she looks to each one of you and she sees Vol obviously understands that this is a, a decent deal so and you have accepted yes Vol yeah and then I and and the dwarf is like yeah you know but what's up um forgive me miss I can't remember your name it's it's late in the night but when it comes to matters with me and accepting quests Roger's just gonna listen to what I say for the most part so don't worry about dealing with him you'll be dealing with me for the most part and the dwarf is just yeah he's us. my dad the dwarf is uh, along with us so uh, I'd want it. basically you'll be taking both of our opinions into account not that Roger cannot can, raise concern that, uh, but um, in this uh, matter I think he's a little bit uh, stupid at this point, it's obvious that Roger is unhappy with these terms, but um, I will do my best to negotiate bonuses for you upon the return of living members so that you may receive a little more coin. Just know right. that um, I'm doing my best and I'm presenting a good job for good coin. I tapped my head in confusion. I was like, that's right. You said uh, you're going to talk with... What was his name again? Um, I have not told you a he or a she or a name, so good try. Can I can I make one request? You, uh, I can oh, let you voice it. <laughs> you offered us a drink upon sobering us up, but hmm. I was already eight in. I'll meet you halfway and say four. How about I just get you something particularly stout? Okay. Okay. Yeah, preferred drinks, obviously, uh, as uh, to toast our partnership and this job that you'll be doing for us. I would love to get you each a drink of your choice, so something stout from Master Dwarf. What about you two? Nicole and Roger, what, what can I get for you? She called me a master. I have face forward. Like, I have like the thousand yard stare because I feel <laughs> like there's a gaze on me right now that is of a Goliath, and uh, I just say, water will do. Easy. Water. Simple. Water is good for you. Roger, you, can, you, know, you can get another one. Just, just let it be known that this could possibly lead to a, as she said, to a, uh, a possible partnership with whoever benefactor is. So there's probably more coin. Like I said, success will lead to more work. I promise you that. Excellent, Elgia. And I will be more than happy to work with you. Just understand, if I find out your benefactor is somebody who is cause for unjust I will find you and I will ask you more questions and I will answer them candidly as I have already of course thank you I thought, I'm course. sorry out of character I thought you were going to make a threat and I was like I will find you and I will kill you and I'm <laughs> like I would be like <laughs> I will ask you more Not questions can I, can I tell you guys something Nielsen. really funny yep. there is a there is a character in another campaign that I'm running who is playing a centaur, and his name, he almost went with the name Liam Nason. <laughs> it took me a second to realize the pun on that. Yeah, but now he's Pony Montana. 
All right. Cool. Okay. Okay. So that's uh, get look forward to that because that is the live stream that will be happening on the same night that we record this, just in the evening. So awesome. Roll. But enough of another plug for another thing that I do. But awesome. And she says, so uh, Vol, is there any other? What what drink can I get for you? I'll take a mead, please. Mead, great. Um, and she. Uh, says, unless there's anything else, you have any more questions for me before I, I take my leave and get another round for you gentlemen? We just need to know where and when and we'll leave. <laughs> I, I know you said first light, but um, where do we meet the the caravan? Uh, there is a, a shipment coming in tonight, which will be prepared through the evening by some overnight workers and it should be ready to go uh, and ready to ship by... First light tomorrow in the docks, at the docks. Uh, so if you look for, um, it's I, I believe it's being transported by a group of, of humans, um, and there is a specific symbol, and she draws the symbol of the company that is shipping it, basically, and hands it to you. Um, and it looks like kind of like a T and a C, like put on top of each other. And she says, uh, "This is the this is the symbol of the company." Um, and just look for that and let them know that you are the escort for their transport and they will be uh, they will be receptive to you and they should understand you know that you're the right people I got I got one more question for you hmm? when we're done with this job how will we find you oh that is a great question master dwarf um if you come back to town and simply leave a missive for me here within the 10 day, um, I will make sure that I um, come back here and we can set up a meeting with the benefactor to um, get the next set of work done. All right. Because there's more jobs on the docket. Just need to see that you're capable of this. Excellent. Pleasure doing business with you. Thank you. And uh, she says, I'll take my leave. Thank you, gentlemen. I'll have your drinks sent to your table. Uh, have a lovely night. And she gives a curt bow, and then walks away towards the bar, um, and you can see her conversing with the bartender now. Um, As she walks obviously away, ordering drinks. I would like to give a one last call out to her. <clears throat> and I go, Algira, or Algira, beware the Turns gifts of the traveler. Sorry, say that one more time for me. <laughs> uh, no, it's okay. You're editing. You get to change it. <laughs> Beware the <laughs> gift. I will cut you. I'm saying this out of character. <laughs> I, I didn't say anything. It. You laughed. <laughs> oh, did she? Or did she laugh in character? She's like, <laughs> no, that was me. I laughed into the side. That's fine. I'm not cutting this. I just want to make sure that everyone can hear what you're saying. Absolutely. I say, Beware the gift of the traveler. Have a good day. And she kind of furrows her eyes or what is it narrows her eyes a little bit and then you see me shrug and like shake my uh, head yeah and she does she mirrors that afterwards and goes okay and then walks away <laughs> uh and then begins to order your drink absolutely awesome i uh drink awesome. a, i kind of like lift a glass up to my lips even though i don't have anything i just drink beautiful yeah, so eventually those uh, drinks are sent to you, but um, instead of them being like 
your average like two copper piece mug of whatever you would have ordered. They are tiny like casks of whatever you had asked for. So there is like a- Like growlers. A, there is, well, no, for you, there is a, a like a small, like the equivalent of what you would see like at a water cooler. You know, they put the things upside down and it, gravity feeds it in, but it's like a nice large thing of very nicely purified water. Um, and this is a, a brand of water that you would see around. It's like the it's the um, the smart water of that time. So it's a little more expensive than the normal stuff. It's purified. Oh, this is it's level nice. twenty five water versus level fifteen. <laughs> there you go. Um, and then there is a tiny like for each of the other gentlemen who are drinking alcoholic beverages. There's miniature casks that are kind of about the size of like a small watermelon, um, like a like about you know basketball size. Uh, casks of the the drinks like a kind of like the wine cooler size of the day so you can actually get several mugs out of this she she over ordered um to make sure that you would have enough for the evening um i uh take one of the taps out or i'm guessing it's tapped yeah it's got like a little like a little lever and oh a i just that you hold can... this keg up <laughs> and just just just, just start it. drinking awesome it. you catch right up to where you were after eight or nine in earlier I look at Vol and I go, don't you think this is a bit odd? What do you mean? Well, and like, uh, he, minor illusions like a, a little whiteboard in front of you. And, uh, I, I, I think like, I continue like minor illusioning like uh, a checklist. If you're okay with me uh, making a little checklist here instead of writing it down with uh, charcoal on the table. Which I could also do, but I'll probably get thrown out of the bar. Anyways, I go, she has a benefactor she cannot contact immediately, which means he's either out of town or a different realm. That's suspicious. Uh, she recognized you despite having no description, which you can understandably say it's a Goliath, but... And also, for somebody who wants us to get paid for a over-large sum of money for a bunch of bandits, and then immediately tried to get us drunk the night before the job, it just begs a lot of questions. Are you sure this is actually a escort and not a hit? We can take it. Bull. There have been many things that have tried to kill us over the years and none of them have succeeded, so if it is a hit, I'm more than happy to get paid for it. But also keep in mind, we have been operating out of this town for quite a while, so it is not unusual for people to recognize, at the very least me, who would easily stand out of place just on appearance alone, especially considering that she said that she works out of this town. But to make over quadruple quintuple the amount of pay in one job compared to a whole lifetime. It just seems... What are they transporting? Roger, who hurt you? Well, <laughs> I, I point at you. <laughs> well, for good reason, because of shit like this. Yes, that's why exactly why you tore me from my parents when I was five years old. Thank you. Can, can I speak I, up I, here? I look at him coldly with these words. Yes, dwarf. I just want to say, for the pay, they're clearly having problems with this. If they can't hire their own effing mercenary to do this, then we're the best that they've got, and that's the pay that they're going to offer. 
She saw me doing the wall as portrayed by a French mime of a foreign land. And still she hired us. Let, Don't let, you think that is odd? Let's be real. She was here for the Goliath. Who, what's more intimidating on the road than a seven-foot man? My voice immediately changes to sound like a dwarf. Oh, it could be me, Master Dwarf. Look at me. I'm so handsome. I can drink better. And I You're right. <laughs> Listen, you have been, despite everything I'm... I might not have expressed it, but you have been useful, and we are going to be okay. I cry. Like I, I well, okay. <laughs> let me rephrase it. Anime cry. I, I, I try crying, but for whatever reason, trying to express human emotions that freely is difficult. So I take the water and I start dabbing each side of my cheeks, so it starts uh, running down my eyes. So yeah, I'm just taking this flow. level 25 uh, man of water. This isn't about money for you. You've got a 50 gold diamond right there. Why are you concerned about five gold? I tuck away my ar uh, arcane focus. Like you didn't see that. Okay. All right. I'm and I stand up. I grab the cast because obviously I need a nightcap. I'm gonna go up to my room. You make sure you guys get some rest. Dwarf, I'm not worried about you, because you're a dwarf, and you're probably okay. But Roger, make sure you get some rest so that we can stay alert on the road tomorrow. I will let you know, guys, too, just as a part of this, as this is the narrative that we've kind of crafted together, you do have your own respective places that cost I a little questions. bit of coin. You have a little bit of coin, uh, obviously, I think the game starts you out with a little bit since we're all level one. Um, you have rooms that are in a squalor part of town, so they cost about five, like, what is that, a copper a day to live there. Unless you'd like to start to, you know, save some money and invest that in trying to get a more permanent place. But if you want to have a place in the same inn that's a copper or two a day, um, that's fine. Um, and you can just, we'll just, you know, we'll say that it's in... You know, it's in you, your daily wages cover that, I, so you don't have to like worry about money changing. I have a question about the finances. This is not something I think uh, we encountered too much on the, the first campaign that Tyler runs. Um, what's the mm -hmm. what's the conversion? So, how many copper to a silver and how many silver to a gold? Ten. 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 Okay. Mm -hmm. And there is an obscure one called Electrum that I don't usually use it. Uh, no, so don't only worry about the devil that. uses those. Uh, what was our starting amount? Do you know? And is it? Shared, um, it should be based on it... your background background gives you starting gold. Okay, I'll look that up later then. Yeah. Uh, so right. for now, like I said, your job at the shipping company pays for your rent at this place, because it's not something that's super expensive, so you don't have to worry about changing your gold every single day. Uh, Would that mean that. Uh, people who are in... Uh, is the tavern a part... Like, the tavern we're drinking and eating in a part of the, our same living space right now? No, the tavern doesn't have places that are that cheap. Uh, so you guys head to bed at your respective places. We can decide kind of off camera where, you know, off, off recording, where, where exactly you want to live, what sort of, like, what sort of house you want to stay in, that sort of thing. If you want to start investing, saving money, uh, we can talk about, you know, later about how much that costs. If you want to, like, buy a house or, you know, pay for a room and then in 
that's nicer indefinitely or like for a longer period of time that's fine but like i said you have a you have a you have a studio apartment in a crappy place basically <laughs> it's got a bed you know it's got a place to wash your face when you get home and a little you know box to store your food in um but yeah you head to bed that night unless there's anything else you'd like to do before you crash i i go ahead brandon i always oh, go I first i want to make sure you go first an out of character question but relating to that mm -hmm. um i had meant to ask her and you don't have to clarify this if it's out of the question um was that five gold a piece or told <laughs> a piece each person okay mm -hmm. like it was a lot of gold <laughs> Yeah, and it's about it's like it's like five to six months wait because usually a person's gonna make about a gold a month, doing a basic job kind of somewhere in the lower middle class. So the common man would look at five gold for a job and go, "Whoa, all right," you know. It's like giving me you know forty thousand dollars, you know, because yes, I live in California, you know. So yeah, yeah I was gonna uh, say I... forty thousand is enough for me for one year here. <laughs> I know. I I need to go to my house per se okay. because i've got all my armor and the rest of my weapons there so get ready okay. for the you're gonna go and crash and then and sleep for a few hours and then get up because it's it's probably only about four or five hours before the time when you would need to get up and go i'm not going to penalize you guys or anything because you were you were at the tavern it was 11 or 12 o'clock you got to be there at 4 30 or 5 but i'm not going to give you any penalty for that so is before it safe to say everybody okay I would have said that, uh, do I have some kind of like dresser or something meager to that effect? Some kind of- Yeah, you have a, a, like a, uh, oh, what is it called? Um, armoire? I know, yeah, you have like a small armoire. Simple, you know, it's got a couple doors with hangers on it and a rod across the center with a couple drawers on the bottom part of it. Okay. I'm good. Uh, I would say before I went to bed, I pull out a, uh, a dagger I have. And I kind of look at it, just uh, maybe admire it, like uh, to the audience eye, it just looks like I'm kind of staring at it for a minute, and since nobody else can see that, I would uh, lay a, a single dagger on the uh, armoire of sorts uh, near my bed, and then I go to sleep. Okay. Anything else that uh, either Bold or Magdor do? No, I passed out. Okay, crashing. All right, you wake up at the appropriate time. Uh, you get your gather your things together. Yeah, you wake up and you're dead. Oh, <laughs> All right, hey, next campaign. Where's my kidney? <laughs> all right, let's move on. You got to drop Dang a nine inch sleep. She poisoned you with all those. Welcome things. to Neverwinter, Jewel of the yeah, North. Yeah, I know, right? Wow. Uh, yeah, so you wake up at the appropriate time, get your stuff together, and make your way to the docks, and not too far out. I don't know. Do you guys live in the same place, or at least in in the same area, so you like can group up before you get there? Uh, I like don't have any self-control over my decisions to some extent, so I feel like I, if I was living somewhere, it would probably be somewhere to where if Vol knew I was up to trouble, he would find out fairly quickly. So, so Vol's probably the one that knocks on your door and is like, all right, let's go. And you, you, he wakes you up and you guys get ready to go. Oh yeah, when Vol comes in, I'm completely in changeling form. Like I... I am gray skin, open gape mouth, uh, very flimsy, white, wispy hair around my head. Like, I look absolutely nothing like the Roger that people know, but Vol gets to see this when he comes in because I, I don't like to keep my form uh, when I go to sleep. I like to uh, pop off the bra, if you will, and go back to <laughs> my natural state. And uh, 
Yeah, Vol wakes me up and I go, Aah! Vol, why would you wake me up like that? Oh. <laughs> Nick is either frozen in place or he doesn't know what to say. No, I just uh, <clears throat> haven't gotten used to this after uh, so many years. I just stare at him. It's time to go. Time to go where? Bull. It's me. It's hand o'clock in it's the morning. Bull. Roger. Are you talking to yourself? I'm talking to myself. Bull. Yeah. Roger. Okay. Roger. I'm going to talk to Roger. myself. Not Roger. just self. Roger. Why am I lighting Roger. Roger. locks not happening on my door? Roger. It's time for the mission. Get ready. Ro Roger that. And uh, he, uh, turns, <laughs> he turns into actual Roger and... Uh, Roger, in his changing form, sleeps completely in the nude, so he jumps out of the bed, and he is a fully nude man with, uh, imagine him like a Ken doll, though, so anything that could draw the eyes down is just completely smoothed over. It, like, it's very disconcerting to anybody who sees this, and I'm sure it annoys the shit out of Vol, because I'm sure Vol has, like, tried to provide, like, at least a loincloth or something to cover up the shame or lack of... No, you, you don't no, care? No, not you, at all. I mean... You know, coming from like a Goliath tribe, this is kind of like tribe of like we yeah. like wearing armor is uncomfortable for us for the most part. Like we're not used to donning like heavy sets of armor or like armor that because we're used to the cold, so we don't really need to cover up so much. So I'm like, just just put on your clothes for the commoners. Let's go. All right, let's. I mean, <clears throat> all right, robe me, and he like sticks his arms out. I leave. Wait outside. I, I continue the T pose for like thirty seconds. Uh, thirty seconds, and it's like <sighs> can't get any good help nowadays. Hey, oh, and, and I robe myself, and I uh, grab all the stuff I would need for at least uh, one or two days travel, including rations and all that. Rations okay. for the Ma Canadians. Magdor, uh, what do you do, bud? I fell asleep as close as I could to a blacksmith. Uh, Great. If any of them had a room you can sleep outside rent. of one if you want. If any oh, had a room I thought rent, you were gonna say fine. like uh, <laughs> the dwarven woman rolled over in your sure. bed and said, "Why, hello." Yeah, uh, no, there is a there's there's a there's a there's a small little shabby little inn near like probably two houses down from a decent blacksmith. The sound helps me sleep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. inspiration point! I love that. Yes, the uh, the the closed down blacksmith. The clanging just, of the hammer yeah. in the night. Reminds me of home. The roaring of the forge. Right. That I don't have anymore. <laughs> oh no. But you, but you like, you get your stuff together and just yeah. also make your way towards, I, I'll just uh, meet towards there. the docks. Great. I know what time I need okay. to be there. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are all very timely. Maybe maybe, maybe a few minutes late because, you know, Roger, a little bit of a difficult person to get up and around, but... You make your way there, eventually kind of converge at one of the intersections, see each other walking towards each other. Uh, Magdor, you wait for them to get to you as you are there a little quicker. And then they you can... all begin to walk to the docks district, and eventually you find very few people this early are working even in the docks. And uh, there, But there is a group of people that are hitching uh, horses up to wagons. And uh, they're mostly humans, uh, but there's a few half elves and elves and dwarves working among them. Uh, but they're all wearing kind of like a, a, like a pretty common uniforms, but they have a blue symbol with that that TC, uh, uh, emblazoned and a patch on their on their chest above where their heart would be. 
and uh, they see you all approaching um, and kind of giving you a give you a knowing nod, just not even. You guys have done escort jobs a lot. Like they, you have nothing to talk about with these guys. Like unless you want to make a point of talking, but there are plenty of escort jobs you've done where you just stand near and walk by them, and then you get there and they offload it and you're done and you haven't said a word to them. Um, so unless you want to initiate conversation, they'll they'll just go about their business. Nope. Um, how many wagons? Six. Six. Um, mm-hmm. and they're all covered too. Like they're covered high? kind of like kind of like uh uh the equivalent of, you know, kind of what we would see for like Western expansion covered wagons. So they do have like canvas over the back end and it should be like a rider and a, a driver um, on the front, like little bench. When 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 we set up, what's the formation like? That's up to you. You're deciding the formation of the wagons or volas? Oh no, I mean it's a single file. It's just six wagons in a row. So how you want to position yourself among them is up to you. Uh, but they did be as a part of the job. They provided each one of you with a horse if you would like it. Okay, I'll take the horse. My Obviously, they're the property of those people, but like you have a horse if you'd like to ride one during this. I just want to make sure that are you using a back scratcher as your limb right now? <laughs> yeah, that's why oh, I was. I wasn't sure if you were because oh, I've because had it with me just in case. Flesh. Awesome. Cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll take a horse. My legs don't uh, walk as fast as the Goliath. They've got a pony for you. Oh boy. It's still got the same. It's it's a little bit slower, but it's much easier to fit into the stirrups for you. Okay, so uh, before we set off, um, I would imagine being who I am, I sort of direct um, Magdor to sort of like hover around the middle of of the okay. uh, procession, and then I direct Roger to sit sort of right at the front, and then I pull up at the back. So in case, okay. um, um, and there is a person who's kind of walking around with a ledger, and they're like checking each one of the wagons. And uh, since you're kind of telling them where to go, and he's telling other people where to go, he does approach you and say, "So you're leading the, our escorts for the day?" Uh, yes, I am. Um, is there any any of the wagons that are particularly useful that we need to know about? Like, yeah. no, they're all pretty basic supplies. It's just a matter of making sure that you know he. Even protection and keep your eyes open. How many? You know the drill. How many people um, are going to be with us? Uh, we've got two per, so there's twelve, and they can all kind of handle weapons if they need to. Uh, but they're not amazing. They're not fighters like you. Understood. You guys could. You'll definitely be more. They'll stay with the wagons no matter what. Uh, they're not gonna chase anybody off. Understood. They're gonna stay and defend the carts that they're with. Uh, do I see uh, Magdor? You said uh, Magdor was in the center or to the side. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all like front to back right now, so you can pretty much see everybody. And yeah, you see, you know, Vol talking to. Yeah, you see Vol talking to a guy with a ledger in his hand. Do I see anything uh, like in the wagons that would uh, bring anything to the not so discerning eye? Um, why don't I go ahead and make a perception check? Absolutely. Determine if any of these are maybe That's holding a net something. 20. A nat 20? Okay. What's nat the total? 20, tw- 21. 21? Great. Because uh, that is that is of note, just because skill checks I, and saving I, things no, can't be cleared I know off. They don't, 
I know, uh, but I, I like, you know. But it is nice that 20 is great. I, I would like to say anytime somebody gets a net 20, we should cheer, but you know, that's okay. Oh no, we need, we need to do that because 20s are amazing. Woo! Okay. I just, it's just not automatic Wait, success. I don't the want first, the excitement to mean automatic success. Is that the first campaign? That is the first natural 20 of the campaign. And it only yeah. took like three or four rolls. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Thank uh, you. But yeah. So you My don't notice anything. <laughs> wow. You don't notice anything out of the ordinary as you kind of like, you check like as you, there are six carts, like I said. So you kind of are going to be responsible based on your experience for kind of like moving around two of the ones in the center being in the middle of the procession. Um, and you kind of like take a chance to kind of like inventory what's on each of these two in that amount of time without spending more time than would be logical checking all of the six carts. And you don't see anything that looks weird. There's not, not like you kind of like knock on a couple of the boxes. None of them sound like weirdly empty or superbly full. They just sound like they have stuff in them. And they're even some of them are labeled like they're, you know, basic supplies, blankets, uh, fresh water. Some of them have seeds. Um, some of the carts actually hold like cut and. Wow. <laughs> No, it's there's a tool in my neighborhood who drives a Hellcat and he likes to rev up and down the street. Um, my neighbor says he's nice, but I hear that and go. Bum, 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 bum. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you don't Do notice I anything out of the ordinary, including smell. No, yeah, no, everything looks to be just what they said. It's a it's a shipment going to a place that needs simple supplies that they can't get where they currently are um, in the amount that they need them in. I uh, shout to Magdor and I, I say, it's okay, buddy. I don't think there's anything for us to take. Alright. <laughs> Alright. Wolf, stand down. Stand down. I try to kind of say it under my breath, but, you know, the dwarven uh, thrall call. I don't know the word I'm looking for. The dwarven voice doesn't really the dwarven do call. much for... Little, little, little. <laughs> for whispering. Little, little. <laughs> I look to Roger, and I'm like, you, you know the drill. You see anything suspicious, you call for a halt, and then we'll investigate. Uh, you know, post up, investigate. Same thing goes for you, Magdor. You see or hear anything suspicious, make the call. We'll stop, investigate, make sure everything's good before we set off again. I turn my third eye to the front of me and I scan for anything that could be deemed suspicious. As someone who's clearly paranoid, anything out of the norm would catch me immediately. But that also could mean that like a broken branch on the ground could uh, trigger an alarm out of me as well. Is this a clue? <laughs> Is this a booby trap as I hold up a, a butterfly? <laughs> Alright, so you're looking for more suspicious things? I mean, not from the caravan, but uh, for any uh, either traps laid ahead for the caravan or bandits in question. Oh, Since, I take uh, your passive perception to see that. I'm not going to make you make a perception check every 10 feet. That'd be crazy. Excellent. I I, uh, I look at my character sheet and I shout to Vol in the back saying, this was a bad idea of putting me in front. That's actually the most important, but you would know that. I wouldn't know that, but <laughs> hey, it is would. important. That Your oh, job is an escort. Yeah, you're an escort. You know that the part of the reason you're in the front is because you don't see as well as Vol does. Right, you gotta cover the ass. 
Yeah, he needs to see everything and you can be a little more focused. So your ability to, you know, it's kind of like being an ADC compared to being a jungler. You know, map awareness is very important. He can see a lot better than you can. So you're in a place where you don't need to see as much to be effective. Basically, I'm limiting the amount of things you have to be paranoid about. You only have to see right in front of you <laughs> and a little bit off to your sides. Whereas Magdor is already like, knows their team. Uh, is going to be going back and forth between the sides and the middle. And then I'm just sitting a little bit behind. And then I'll be able to see just about everything except what's directly in front of me at the front of the pack. Then I guess uh, at that point, I would just be staring straight forward without blinking. Like, I'm not, <laughs> like no one would be able to see it. But like, I got dried eye. I'm staring forward. You can see the white around my pupils, just like bloodshot eyes staring straight forward. Like your eyes have been open so long, you actually missed a dragon that lands in front of you. Roll for initiative. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. Oh, Sorry. I was getting the monster manual out. No, everyone decided. Oh, I have. Uh, access to a DD Beyond where somebody bought the ultimate package, so all my stuff is digital. <laughs> so cool. Look at me. Yeah, I know. I'm so cool. Glad's so no, hot. Great. Yeah, I am warm. I've got some light. I'm, say, I, I'm not physically. Shadow. I'm not attracted to you, loser. Alright, so <laughs> you, make, you make way. Not too long. Uh, <laughs> they It takes them about a half hour to kind of get everything lined up, and you've uh, got your positioning ready, and uh, you make way out of the town headed east. Now this road is a relatively new road. You know that normally whenever you do escort missions to towns, it's north and south. Um, not, Luskin is the, uh, the closest town to the north um, and Luskin, relations between Luskin and Neverwinter are still kind of tenuous because within the last 20 or 30 years, there was a decent little bit of war that happened between the two towns. So uh, not a lot of trade goes on between the two, but uh, traders, merchants will still meet on the road to do business because they're not politicians. They just need to make money. Uh, but most of your missions are to the south, headed towards Waterdeep and some of those um, Baldur's Gate, some of those other larger cities along the coast. And then, I but, those games. Yeah, Baldur's Gate 2 is coming out soon. Ooh, uh, but the uh, so most of your missions don't actually most of your escort missions don't head to the east because this road is not very well traveled. But it is the quickest way to the location where this this shipment is going, which is called Long Saddle. It's uh, in the northern part of the Deserin Valley, which is just this large, hilly area to the east, about two or three days march. Um, and that's part of the reason why it's simpler to get to Long Saddle. That way it's two or three days, and it's, you know, not necessarily safe or well-traveled, but it's two or three days compared to, like, 15 to 20 days on a safe road. So, you know, it's the equivalent of going through the Panama Canal or going around South America, you know? So it's easier, it's uh, it's cheaper. Um, and that's part of what you can tell is that these merchants are trying to make this path safer. And so part of that is getting rid of the people that are making it unsafe. Um, so as you kind of make your way through, um, what I'm gonna have you do is kind of roll for encounters. Uh, Cause like I said, it's gonna take about two or three days. Um, mm -hmm. And in the morning and the evening, uh, since I know your passive perceptions are 14, 11 to 14, I know uh, exactly what you will or will not see. Depending on what what 11? You Let's be real here. I'm like painfully oblivious. What's well, 11, 12, and 14, right? 13 and 14. 13, you have a, 14. Uh, 11, 13, and 14. So all in that realm. If it's in that realm or below, I will let somebody know that they see something. If it's above that, nobody sees anything. But 
Now cool. what I do is I have you roll a d20 each morning and evening of day of travel, and that tells me whether or not something happens. Uh, this is a random encounter thing, so this may or may not be a part of what you are seeking out as far as what's going after these caravans. Uh, but we'll see. So go ahead, somebody, anybody can roll a d20 and just tell me the number that's rolling the die. No modifiers. I, I haven't rolled yet, so I'd like to. Yeah, yeah I was let's do actually it. suggest that it'd be a good idea to have Nick roll. Sorry, Brandon. That's all right. I ro you rolled a. I rolled a 19. 19. Awesome. Yeah, so as you're traveling, um. <laughs> so I know your passive perceptions. Bandit Great. Captain. You see, um, that, that as you're traveling along, um, the horses start to get a little bit. Um, nervous. They start kind of like, like kind of like whinnying a little more. There, something is making them uncomfortable. And all of you, uh, being all three of you, those who are on lookout, because the guys on the carts are just trying to keep their horses kind of like calm. Uh, you see, on the edges of the forest, kind of creeping in the on the road as you've now finally at at the at about midday you make your way into the Neverwinter Wood. And you can see several wolves kind of creeping up on the side, uh, attempting to probably ambush and attack the horses. Um, so let's say, uh, I might have missed this. Uh, let's say the path for the most part is is straight with a little bit of curves. Let's say it's just like a, yeah, it's not. It's it's a little windy. Yeah, yeah it's a um, little windy. Yeah. Are they gathering on the left or the right side, or like are they trying to like follow? Both sides. It looks like you can see five or six wolves. Um, on the left or right of like the path. Both, Both sides. sides. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, because I'm at the back, where do I see them roughly? Three on each side, all around the center two. The center two. Uh, looks like they've waited for the first few to pass by, and they're probably going to pounce on either the uh, third or the fourth wagon. Of course. Do you think there. I would have seen this or no? Yeah, all three of you saw. Can see it. Wow, they are not uh, trying to be stealthy. Like well, they are. They just uh, did not succeed very well. Ah, cool. I'm gonna say uh, one of them just like steps in the twig, and the other one comes in with like a top hat and king singing. Uh, it's more that tunes. you have high, that you're up, like that you're up higher, and you have done this enough that you have the the experience to know where to look when you see or hear sounds. And so the high positioning and your previous experience gives you the ability to do that. Uh, I would All probably right. look at Vol and uh, like kind of like point at me, like, eh. All right, action time. Um, I give I give the signal to the caravan to stop to, to the whole procession. Um, okay. Everybody pauses with uh, paying attention to yours. Um, I and the wolves. The wolves kind of. Like, stop. Obviously recognizing that something is wrong, but not intelligent enough to understand what's changed. I, um, look at the, uh, people in the camera in front of me, and... It, okay, so is it okay I here? I the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look right in the, the camera, I'm like, well, here we go, folks. Um, no, I look at the people in the camera like in the front office, of me. like, that battle went horribly. <laughs> um, I would imagine, uh, if you'll allow this, that I set up a few simple, um commands beforehand or like not words of action that's the wrong thing but um directives with the people in the caravan mm -hmm. what to do so one of them would be uh 
because I've given the stop and I've said what I've said to the people in the camera in front of me that they've now a couple of people have come out to take charge of our horses and then they've kind of like just to make sure that they don't you know that these these wolves are within seconds of attacking so your action plan has to be not minutes long oh no not so minutes long they've just no first. they've just come to like grab our horses so like one from each kind of to make sure they don't run okay. away and then okay. I tell Roger to join Magdor and I take one mm -hmm. side and they take the other side around like kind of I keeping yourself between the the wagons and the wolves on either side. Great. Okay. All right, so as you 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 hand off your horses and you all three kind of step into this action plan that you you've set up, you've you're experienced with this sort of thing and so you set yourself up just kind of understanding that these these aren't an, these aren't crazy intelligent creatures. They're not going to throw stones or shoot arrows at you. They're just going to come out of the woods eventually. Um they let's see something. They have, May I prepare something? Ooh. Yeah. I mean uh I, I can tell you what happens, and it's gonna it's gonna ruin your preparation. So, absolutely, I do nothing. <laughs> Great. So you, but you, we'll say you prepare, get you ready for it. whatever you're gonna them. do. Well, you can't I'm, see I'm, them well enough to attack now that you're off the horses. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was but, gonna do something that involves uh, minor illusion, but okay. Well, what happened is, is that as you guys hopped off the horses, and you can you hear. Um, now that they're no longer, what happened is like, as I said, you saw them kind of like notice that something was wrong and apparently the pack leader called it off. You hear them skitter off into the woods. Um, whatever you did, uh, moving around, stopping, uh, kind of facing off, standing your ground, scared them off and they decided for their own betterment that it was not wise to attack you. So I, everybody I gets a hundred XP. Nice. Sorry, thank everybody. You. Everybody gets fifty XP. We'll just give you fifty because there was no actual combat, so I don't want to give you full XP. I cast part. fireball at it. You can't see him anymore. Oh. Can I just uh, my my character? I attack Magdor. Um, <laughs> what did you say, Magdor? I was gonna say, uh, Magdor kind of takes a step or two in the forest. Like, yeah, you better run off, you fucking major. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they absolutely are gone. They're gone. Uh, Whoever this wolf, the, the pack leader was, was actually probably pretty wise because they weren't going to be able to beat you guys. Know that. So, but now you don't have to worry about the horses getting injured and you can continue forward. The only way I'll let you know, the only way I was going to have them get spooked was if I rolled a one on a d20 and I absolutely did. So <laughs> you got free XP. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, so given now that they've uh, all scampered away, um, I give the signal mm -hmm. to continue, but we'll all continue. Uh, the three of us will continue on foot for the next like 30 minutes to an hour um, and we'll just continue just to... like cautiously and then after that we mm -hmm. all get back into our normal positions and on our horses at least that's the plan great yeah i love it that's the plan you do it you guys are a well-oiled machine um and you make your way into the afternoon you take a little mid-afternoon break to kind of get some food get the horses to give them a little bit of a break um, and then head off uh, for the second half of the first day. I need somebody else to roll a d20 to find out if something happened. Do you want Brandon. to All right. I rolled a four. Great. Yeah, goes off without a hitch. Uh, you make your way into the evening and uh, make camp um, in a, in a they, they, traditionally these guys are gonna try and find kind of like an area off the woods. Uh, or off the road close by where they can circle the wagons and create a protective barrier for the horses and themselves um, because these woods are, you know, known to be kind of dangerous. 
Um, and now I gonna roll to see if something happens in the evening. Do you guys want to do a watch schedule or anything like that? Um, I think so because um, uh, the dwarf has uh, dark vision, so I make him take like the later uh, watch, and then I'll I'll probably right. e either me or Roger will rest up first. Uh, I also have dark vision up to uh, 120 feet. No. Sorry, that was when I was uh, rolling for a different type of uh, sorcery. I don't believe I have dark vision at all, so I'm as blind as a bat. Yeah, so I'll, I'll probably take the first shift regardless. Okay. All right. Okay. So go ahead, and because this is an active thing, it, you know, it's not just you riding along, la 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 la, and not rolling perceptions every every 10 seconds or whatever, uh, I would love for you to roll a perception check for your watch. All of us? Uh, as, as it happens, so whoever's first, go ahead and roll their perception check. If you have disadvantage, or if you don't have dark vision, you'll have disadvantage on your perception check. I think you're who, first. Who's first? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so go. And you Look, have or don't have dark you? vision. Come on. <laughs> it doesn't um, matter. I rolled a 14. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, you, uh, you uh, keep your eyes open and you see... Um, some eyes that you think might be some sort of canid, um, some sort of dog or something, but it's not a wolf. It gets uh, once it gets into total view and not just, you know, shiny eyes in the dark. You do see that it's like just a couple coyotes. You see some other rabbits, some some birds calling. Uh, you know, one of the calling cards of a larger predator being in an area is that the uh, animals in the area will quiet, and you don't ever get that. Um, and but you also don't hear any sort of suspicious movement or anything like that. Who is on next block? I guess technically it would probably be me if we're going to go in order of rolling. Also, I probably would want the dwarf who can see in the deepest darks of the night. Like, it's still nighttime for me, but I feel like there at least there's going to be a, a minute normal thing of, uh, like, or something. I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> I see not a whole lot. I rolled a five. A five? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you keep your eyes open uh, and definitely do your best job as... Patrolling the area. I stare and at unblinkingly, a tree. And no dark vision, correct? No dark vision whatsoever. No dark vision. You do your best. You keep a torch on hand, you know, and so you can see out that 30 feet of bright light and then 30 feet of dim light. So you, you don't, like, he doesn't need a torch. You do. But uh, you don't see anything um, odd. You hear a few sounds, but they all seem to be natural animals that move around at night. Nothing that's trying to be aggressive or hunt you, uh, nor is it bandits trying to ambush you. And for the last watch, Magdor. <laughs> it's quite late for me. I rolled an eight. Uh, you have Great, advantage. Yeah. No. Wait, you said we rolled with disadvantage. Oh, I would roll disadvantage, disadvantage if you have, if you don't have that. Yeah. Okay, well. Because you have disadvantage it. on perception checks in dim or dark light if you don't have dark. Ah, uh, I should have used inspiration, then it would have canceled that, and I still would have gotten a five. Anyways. <laughs> Ironically enough, though, Dark Vision still has disadvantage in darkness of her perception checks. It's just that they can see in dim light as if it were bright. But in darkness, they see as if it's dim light, and in dim light, you still have disadvantage on perception checks. Well, I mean, I didn't even have Dark Vision, so I was just Oh, no, joking. yeah, you're fine. I'm just saying... If if a person with dark vision makes a perception check in complete darkness, they'll do it with disadvantage. A person without dark vision won't even be able to make the check. They can't see at all. So, anyway, cool. yeah, you get through the night and you wake up in the morning. Uh, 
and uh, nothing nothing has gone wrong. The horses are all accounted for. Everybody's safe, and you pack up and make way for your second day of travel. And the 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 uh, caravan leader says that he believes that you should be able to make your way to Long Saddle by the end of the day if you continue the pace you're at. As we get ready to leave in the morning, I look visibly disgruntled because I wasn't able to uh, pop the bra. And so I had, to, I had to sleep in human form all night. And I like, I, I, I just look like a little more tussled than I try to keep my composure. And just unusually quiet in my saddle, I guess, uh, at the start of the morning, which I'm sure Vol would appreciate. Hmm. Hmm. Are you pouting? Is that what it is? Uh, I mean, even if I was pouting, since I'm at the front, no one can see. So I, I just, I don't even bother. Because like, it would only be to make other people see how frustrated you are. Well, it, by looking in, in, at forward and being at the front, no one could see it, so it's a waste of effort on my part. So I just kind of do the thousand-yard stare, thinking about okay. my uh, career choice and how I wanted to be an actor. <laughs> Welcome to my life. Uh, so as you go, as you go, as you continue you. forward, you know, yes. <laughs> uh, you eventually get to uh, you're you're following out, and you know that probably by you know like late morning probably 10 or equivalent of about 10 a.m you're gonna exit neverwinter wood but you still have five or six hours of travel within the context of being in the forest um and what what's your passive perception again who just you in the front ah uh 20 minus nine i feel like that's a a deception chef, you failed there, my friend. What is it truly? I said a 20 minus 9. It's an 11. Oh, minus 9. Oh, 11. Okay. I thought you just said 20 I and then let you. it go. It's actually minus 8. I <laughs> deceive with the deceive. Deceive. It's actually... Deceive. But it's an 11. Great. So as you're traveling, um, I need you to pull up the statistics of a horse. You want me to? Yeah, right, it'll be a riding horse. A riding horse. So just type in like riding force 5e. There goes my horse. And uh, my horse what's going to happen dead. is as you're yep. traveling, because this road is not superbly like well-maintained, there's like leaves and branches across parts of it. Sometimes you have to kind of go across an area that has more grass than others. Um, and since it's kind of later in the year, um, it's not quite winter, but the leaves are beginning to fall. There's leaves over portions of the road. And you, without amazing perception, don't notice a the large pit trap that your yep. horse is walking over um so i need you to go ahead and roll a dexterity saving throw with your horse's statistics with my horse uh well that's unfortunate the horse now you're adding proficiency to it because i'm assuming you guys know how to ride horses so i'm allowing you to add your proficiency bonus which is plus two to that okay. roll, uh, as well as the dexterity of the horse which is zero so i got okay. holy shit oh damn <laughs> i rolled another nat 20 with so you two got a 22. Up, with Just, these people as my witness. Yeah, I thought that horse definitely. was done I mean, it might still definitely. be. As, as long as it, like, it falls off, but it does a backflip and knocks me into the ground as it falls into like a thousand pits, then, you know. Awesome. So, yeah, so you, you, you like pull back the reins as soon as you see, like, you can feel as you're riding the, the kind of the, the horse's kind of like body become kind of off kilter as it begins to put that first hoof into what is now you know a pit trap 
covered with leaves and sticks. And as and then the you pull back, caravan the horse pushes pops me away. In. No, 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 no. You, you're a little bit ahead. You, you, you're, you're not a rookie. Uh, but what you do notice now, nobody has a hard time hearing and or seeing this. As you hear arrows whiz into the group as several of the people riding on the carts are shot by arrows. Um, and you see people swinging in out of the trees as you're attacked by bandits. And that's where we're going to call it until next week. Wait, we're being attacked by Tarzan bandits? That Hell yeah. It's because they swing on ropes. Fuck They're swinging it. on ropes, not mines. <clears throat> God, I had to clear my throat for so long. We are the George of the Jungle Clan. <laughs> Beware. But yeah, next time we'll pick it up with you guys taking on the bandits who have been raiding these parties. I am going to fight the one that dug the team rocket hole. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to to take the first one out, you know? you get If they get you stuck in a pit, that's one less combatant, at least for a few rounds. I <laughs> absolutely agree. I think they'd agree. be intimidated once they saw fucking immediately detect the pit. Uh, maybe nah. we shouldn't fuck with these guys. They're bandits. <laughs> They're bandits. They just want to make money. Right. It's like much like me with Pike and League of Legends. Even if I screw up my first CC, I'm still going all in. <laughs> okay. Anyways, bad League of Legends joke. Uh, Glenn, <laughs> lead us out, baby. Where can we find you? Oh yeah, my name is uh, I'm I'm at Twitch at Razith, uh, Razith thirty seven. Raise it. Raise it. Raise it. R a e z e t h. I'm having a weird day. On Twitter at Glenn Houston, uh, two N's, H U S T O N, um, and also, you know, with you guys at Casual Masterfest. Oh, um, you're the. You, let's say you're still the host. Sorry. Oh yeah, so go ahead. Uh, yeah, Nick, Nick, where can we find you, buddy? Oh, okay, um, you can find socials. me on Twitch and Instagram at lr11. You can find me on Twitter at lr11th. Um, yeah, and then Casual Master Quest. Uh, we're all probably gonna plug that, but that's a given. Yeah. All right, Brandon. Where about what about you, my uh, my dwarven friend? Uh, I'm not really <laughs> anywhere. Um, I might start streaming again. We'll see next episode. But we can find you here at very yeah, least. Yeah, you can find me here, and every once in a while, I'll join as guest for Casual Master Quest. Yeah. Uh, and you can find our Twitter and at uh, uh, let's see, was it? Casual at Casual Quest Masters Pod. We don't have one. Uh, we don't have one for this one specifically, but they're all in that family, that that umbrella of Casual Master. We'll see what we can do. You can find me on yeah. Twitter at Two Times Tyler, all letters, one word. You can find the uh, the podcast, this network. Sorry, this network that the podcast is under at Master Quest Pod, where you can check out more of our good stuff over at uh, Casual Master Quest, our video game podcast that we do. And I think that's going to be it. Uh, yeah, for now. just don't forget to never stop questing from all of us here. Woohoo! Ooh, uh, that was a tagline. All right, cool. Yeah, that was. Never stop questing, right? Never all accepted. The... Okay, yes. Never <laughs> stop questing. Gotta, it's got to vary between the podcast. It can, you know, just be a little taggy different based on what never we're doing. Never stop the quest. <laughs> never stop the quest. Never stop the Casually. quest. Casually. We'll see you next week where we get to fight the Wu Tarzan clan and uh, we'll uh, see what's going on next. But until then, take care, guys. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Casual Quest Masters. 
Thank you so much to you, our listeners, for being here, and to Sirenscape for allowing us to utilize their amazing programs for sounds and music. Check them out at sirenscape.com. We hope to see you here next time for the next episode of Casual Quest Masters.